1: We get it. Staying home ain't it. Especially around the holidays. But this year, staying home means saving lives. So we're changing it up by gathering less and planning small. Our people are counting on us to make the right choice. Think big. Plan small. Let's stop the spread, Columbus. Columbus.
0: Daniela, Welcome to Making Sense of Success, a podcast dedicated to finding the meaning of success and empowerment. Stay tuned every Saturday for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at makingsenseofsuccess.pod. Uh, please feel free to email us at success at gmail.com if you'd be interested in sharing your stories of success and empowerment. All right. Well, welcome, Emma, to Making Sense of Success. Did you want to give our listeners a little bye about yourself so they can get to know you a bit better? Sure. Um, This is definitely the hardest part
1: of being interviewed by somebody is boiling it down to a little bio, but...
0: It doesn't have to be little. Go off, really. (laughs) It's totally okay.
1: (laughs) I love that. So I'm a holistic health coach. I also have my master's in sports nutrition, so I'm also a sports nutritionist. I just don't do anything related to sports nutrition at the moment. Um, I'm also a technically (laughs) certified personal trainer um but right now i am primarily doing health coaching and i think within the next few years i'll end up branching out into some other areas i have so many different interests That I feel these pulls towards different areas of wellness, so I don't think I'll stay just in the health coaching sector for for long, but that's what I'm doing right now. Primarily, um, my main platform is Instagram, at Real With Emma. That's where I find the majority of my clients, and that's where I do most of my work. I, what else, what else is there about me? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I definitely should have prepared before this. No,
0: it's okay. I love this like authenticity of it really.
1: (laughs) So uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, just the best way to describe what kind of pulled me into health and wellness and Mm -hmm. brought me here. And I think I've always been drawn to anything to do with my body. Um, I've always, I was a division one athlete, In college, I played field hockey at the University of New Hampshire, and I really defined myself as an athlete for many, many years. And once you stop playing a sport, you kind of fall into this, well, what now, who am I kind of vibe. And so I was really kind of grasping at straws, trying to figure out who I could become next without... Totally flipping my world upside down, um, and so that's what led me into the world of sports nutrition. I was also a field hockey coach um, at the division one level for a bit. I kind of bounced around trying a few different things, all within the health and wellness world. But it wasn't until I got sick with SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, that I kind of had my eyes opened to the world of holistic wellness, holistic healing, and I fell in love. Went to school. I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and was working at a studio for a while as their wellness coach and also a strength instructor, and then I just decided it was time to branch out and go on my own and start my own business so that everything that I was saying and preaching and talking to my clients about could be in alignment with what I thought held the most value and what served people the best. So that's what kind of led me to starting my own business was seeing how there are different places in this world. Um, You know, even sports nutrition and at that studio that I was working that um, not everything is in alignment with what serves the client best. Sometimes it becomes, it's not necessarily about the money, but it's a little bit more tactical than it is personal. So that's what led me here. Um, and, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. I'll wait for you to ask me some more questions, but I could definitely keep going. So.
0: <laughs> no, that's awesome, and I'm, I'm like, happy to get into it, really. Um, and I'm so glad you, honestly, you took care of one of my questions, which is great, of what inspired you to do what you're doing today. How do you find that work-life balance then? Because I know you run your own business, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess in wellness, like that's also a really important part, finding that balance. If I'm correct, I might be mistaken, yeah. but I hope I'm correct about it. No, you are very um, correct. But yeah, yeah, how do you go about finding that, I guess, with running your own business?
1: That's a really great question. And it's something that I have to work on every single day because my business isn't nine to five. It's not show up, here's my to-do list, there's somebody telling me what to do, or there's a clear path ahead of me. Um, It's almost as if there are so many opportunities and options for me to do and to create that I can kind of fall into this trap where I'm either working all the time and then I burn out and I'm exhausted and can't do anything for weeks, or I have to really Sit down and pace myself, and find my priorities. But this work-life balance is something I talk to my clients about all the time. I tell them to make time for themselves to to not necessarily pencil in that self care, but to prioritize it because you cannot give other people energy. You can't give other things in your life energy, work included, if your cup is empty and if you're running dry all the time. And so, when it comes to being an entrepreneur. A solopreneur, as I could say, because it's really just me trying to navigate the world of business with no business experience. It is very important for me to ask for help when needed. I think that that's the biggest thing. Um, I tried to build my own website and very quickly realized that I was going to need some help. So I hired an amazing web designer. Um, my younger sister actually is, she's also my best friend, soulmate. She's helping me with, some backend things, some creative ideas. She's almost like my little virtual assistant right now. Uh-huh. And I think that, yeah, that's been like the biggest key for me is realizing that I don't have to do it alone and that there's resources and things and people that can help me along this journey. And it doesn't mean that I'm not capable, but it helps my mental health when everything isn't only on my plate.
0: Absolutely. And I honestly, I think I really resonate with what you just said is, uh, for me, I always like to kind of take things on on my own. Like, I'm I'm very much the yeah. type of person that's like, okay, if I want something done right, I need to do it myself. But yeah. the reality is, you know, there's so many people out there that um, are actually willing to help if you just ask.
1: Yes, that's so true. There's so many people who have the skills that I don't have. And I think that was One of the biggest revelations that I had when I decided to launch my own business was in theory, I was like, okay, so I make a plan and I get clients and it's, that's, it's easy as that, right? But in reality, there's emails and funnels and marketing and ads and even just the creative design and the aesthetic of my page, you know, there are, there are a lot of different areas that need attention and need love and, um, having to realize that, maybe if I took a thousand different courses on business and, you know, marketing and creative design that I would be able to do it all. But that's not realistic for right now, right here, being able to wear that many hats. And so delegating is huge and realizing that while I could teach myself all of these different things, it's totally normal and okay to find people who already have those skills and who can help enhance your business. And so I think it's been very important and very meaningful to me to be able to lean on my sister and my family as well to help me navigate this world of entrepreneurship.
0: Definitely. And I guess based on uh, this experience of finding your way into this industry, as well as building your business um, within it, has your definition of success, I guess, changed over time? And if so, what would that definition be?
1: Hell yes, it has changed. Um, that's such a great question, and it's something that I think about all the time. The words success and productivity, I think, have been hijacked. You know, those words weren't Absolutely. meant to, they weren't meant to guilt us into being busybodies all day and just, uh, just working so hard to cross things off of our to do list all the time. And I think. You know, I never imagined ever in my life that I would have my own business and that I would be trying to build a brand. And now that I'm here, I feel like I almost jumped in without really knowing what I was getting into. But with that said, in the last year or two, since I decided to make Real with Emma, make that Instagram account a brand and a business, I've realized that success to me means being able to go to bed at the end of the day, feeling good about who I connected with and who I helped. And those connections are the only thing that keep me going. I tell all of the girls who are in my group program, The Real Project, I'm like, you know, there are some days I can't even pull my head out from under the covers. But if I have a client call or a group call that day, That's the one thing that keeps me going because it's that connection and that positive exchange of energy with people who are ready and willing to do what it takes to become their best selves, to dive deep, to find the root causes of things, to change their mindset and their perspective. That's what lights me up. That's my passion. I'm not passionate about emails and brand partnerships and, you know, uh, my mail chip MailChimp, like email funneling and popping up in people's inbox all the time. Those are definitely tools that within the next year I I plan on leaning into, obviously to monetize my business. But for right now, success is connecting with people and making people feel seen and heard and understood and helping them along their journey to becoming their best self.
0: And I think that's so beautiful. A lot of the guests we've had on talk about that aspect of community and how important that is to them. And with that, I've kind of realized how important community is to myself even, just by having this podcast. I feel like I've been exposed to so many amazing women just like yourself and been able to make those connections. So it's so nice and refreshing to hear you talk about that aspect in your business.
1: Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest... One of the biggest things for me is just making people understand that it's a mutual exchange of energy and that when I jump onto the calls, regardless of what I'm putting on my Instagram story, talking about how my period's killing me or I'm dealing with anxiety or whatever it is, I kind of have this this weird balance where I have to figure out how I can show up real and authentic, but also make my clients feel safe and secure and comfortable with me keeping that, you know, professional boundary where they're not scared to talk to me because of the personal things going in my life. But I also want my Instagram platform to be as authentic and real as possible. And so I work very hard to only take on clients who I have that connection with and that energy exchange with where they understand I'm going to be showing up as my best self on that call because that is... What I do. That's the one thing for me that can pull me out of whatever dark, stressful, anxiety hole that I fall into. Being able to talk to somebody about their health and wellness and their goals, I'm able to kind of put myself into a different energy and a different vibration. And so that community sense, every single girl and client that I have, especially the women inside the real with project, the group program, they all text and they all follow each other on Instagram and they all support each other and they show up for one another. They show up for me. I show up for them. And it's built this very powerful community of women who can talk about whatever is happening in their life without fear of judgment, without that voice in their head saying, "Ooh, like I, I hope I hope they don't think that I'm annoying or I'm too much." We are all extremely raw and real together, and I think that that's what's helping these women step into their real lives, their personal lives, their work lives as that authentic version of themselves. It starts with feeling okay, being authentic in that safe and secure group, and so the community aspect is what I am starting to really push the most about my health coaching program. You know, we do talk about food and we do talk about fitness and your cortisol levels and relationships, intimacy, work-life balance. We talk about it all. But I think the biggest takeaway for every single person who comes into my program is walking away feeling seen, confident, secure, that they have a power, a deep divinity within them and they get to just roll with that. And that's, that's it for me. That's really all that I need and that's what makes me feel successful at the end of the day.
0: Absolutely. And I guess based on your experience, what has been the most rewarding of all of this that you've created?
1: I think seeing, oh my gosh, you know, seeing the girls and the women. I say girls because I have... Um, clients as young as 18. And I also have clients as old as 56. And it's amazing working with different ages of women because you really get to see them where they are in that moment. You know, I feel like I've gone through a massive cycle of growth within the past, I'd say like four or five years of my life. And when I meet people, I kind of get to see where are they along their journey. And then I get to help them see the growth. I think it's very hard for people to see how far they've come because they have very high expectations for themselves, myself included. And so I actually have alarms in my phone weekly to be like, look back on this past week. How have you changed? How have you evolved? How have you expanded and grown? I have to give myself the time to reflect and then feel that pride and feel accomplished because no one else is really going to do that for me. And so that is almost what I try and offer my clients is, you know, in the short six weeks we work together, do you remember who you were on week one? You know, by week six, they have a totally different mindset. And they're like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe what I used to think about, bring about, focus on six weeks ago. And now what I'm thinking about focusing on and have intentions to do now and six weeks is not a long time at all. It goes by in a blink. But that transformation, sometimes it's just one simple mindset switch. And that's enough progress. That's something to be extremely proud of. And so helping people see the strides that they're making is one of the most rewarding parts of my job.
0: And I think that tip that you gave earlier of those self check-ins, like that's so important. And having those reminders on your phone really allows you to to take that time, you know, and dedicate that time to it. So thank you for giving that tip. I'm actually going to start doing that.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. I have, I, I have a love hate relationship with technology. I won't go down that rabbit hole right now, but one thing (laughs) that I do love is its ability to remind you of things. So I have a reminder in my phone every hour of the day, From 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and every hour a different affirmation pops up on my phone. And so it's just reinforcing these positive messages because our subconscious is so, so important in how we perceive the world and what we think about love, success, worthiness, you know, intimacy, respect, trust. And so a lot of times we have these, these beliefs that are deeply ingrained in us things like i'm not worthy i'm not deserving i'll never be good enough and no matter how many times you sit and you try and tell yourself ah you know i am good enough you have to make the intention to change that belief and the only way we can change a subconscious belief is repetition action and believing in it and having faith in it so having those reminders go off on your phone every day is another way to reinforce the messages that you want to ingrain into your subconscious so it's like planting the seed of success um of love of worthiness whatever you're trying to call into your life and it's one of my favorite parts about technology i have to say
0: and i guess for others looking to get more into wellness what other tips would you give them
1: i think this is such a great question because if you had asked me this a year ago or two years ago, I would have started talking about food and fitness.
0: Oh, awesome. Okay. But
1: now just learning, trying to practice what I preach and just moving along my spirit, um, sorry, my health and wellness journey really led me into a spiritual journey and a spiritual path that's in alignment with my health and wellness. And so what I would say to anybody looking to start their health and wellness journey is to get in touch with their soul, to get in touch. Touch with their truest self. Who are you? Um, you know, not what is your body, not what is your job, but who are you? And then start to get to know yourself. Do some self-reflection. Start journaling. Start meditating. Find a therapist. One of the best ways to start healing both your physical body and your spiritual body is through self-reflection and really leaning into who you are. What makes you tick? You know, what are your traumas and your deep-seated beliefs that are blocking you from becoming your best self. So like I said, two years ago when I started my health and wellness practice and I was working at a studio, I would sit down with someone and ask them, you know, what's your height? What's your weight? What do you want to do? You know, here's some good meals, focus on protein, healthy fat and fiber, which of course I still preach protein, healthy fat and fiber, but Food and fitness is just a piece to the puzzle, and it's not the foundation. The foundation is your mindset. The foundation is your connection to yourself, because if you don't love yourself, it doesn't matter how many salads you eat, and it doesn't matter how many hours a day you work out, nothing's going to change. And so that's why I developed The Real With Project, because every week we have different modules that talk about mental health, ego, fear, intimacy, relationships, judgment, comparison. And of course, there's a week on food and fitness, but it's just one week out of the six. And that, to me, is where I see wellness going. Um, The accounts that I follow and the people who are leading this wellness space right now, even Goop, you know, you see these big brands really focusing more on the spiritual side of health and wellness and mental health more so than what you can eat to lose weight. And that makes me very happy because I suffered for years with eating disorders and just being so lost in my own head, so much self-hate and self-loathing and being pulled out of that and now living in this world. It's just, I can't imagine going back. Like, it's just, I'm a completely different person now from focusing on more of my spiritual journey more so than a quote unquote health journey.
0: Right. And I think it's so important that you mentioned that because I think everything's connected, right? Like what's yeah. going on internally as well as externally, like the physical aspect of it. Because a lot of the time, um, I, from maybe what's been like, I've been exposed to, there's been a lot of those physical aspects to wellness, but it's so important to talk about those internal ones as well, because they all interconnect.
1: Yes, exactly. And I mean, as much as I, I almost warn people, I'm like, you know what? I, yeah, I'm a health coach, but I'm also very woo woo. I'm very into, um, my spirituality but also opening the door for other people to discover their spirituality. And so inside my coaching program, I talk about the gut brain connection. I break down, you know, our fat storing hormones and our blood sugar levels because that's where my education lies. And so I try and offer them the science and the why. I help them kind of find that foundation in their footing so that they can feel confident in their in their diet and in their workout routine. But The majority of the work really comes from, again, getting people to become mindful and become aware of their self-talk because what we tell ourselves is the story and the reality that we live in. And so it's very important to make sure that we're speaking kindly to ourselves, that we show ourselves compassion, and that all of our actions during the day are in alignment with nourishment. And that's one of the things that I stress the most is... Can we make every decision during your day nourish you? And so that means a nap could be nourishment. That means a high-intensity workout can be nourishment. Eating a piece of pizza can be nourishment. And also having, you know, a bowl of oatmeal is nourishment. And getting in touch with what your body needs, what your soul needs, and then choosing whatever it is, you're able to frame it in a nourishing way. Kind of framework. So that's like my biggest. That's what I drive home the most when I start working with somebody. Is step one: How can you nourish yourself all day long? And if you really tap in and you ask your body, what do you need right now? And you get deeper into that knowing, as that's what Glennon Doyle calls it. She calls it the knowing. I don't know if you've read any of her books, but I love her. Um, leaning into that intuition and really asking your body what it needs you can confidently make decisions that nourish you regardless of what it looks like. So we remove the words good and bad and right and wrong. And there's just nourishment. Nourishment is really all that's left.
0: Right. And I think everything you're mentioning is so important. Like, and I, I find maybe these things have just come out more now, like, um, taking away those good and bad terms, right. With yeah. associating them to food and wellness and all that. Cause at the end of the day as you were saying it kind of comes down to what is it what does this day gonna look like for me and what it, what do I need really to be able to feel nourished and kind of fulfilled in that day you know like and to be happy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think I have I mean I have a huge problem with the wellness world and just the marketing and the product advertising and we as women are targeted. It's to no fault of our own. It's to no fault of our own that we obsess over our body. We obsess over what we look like, our skin, um, our physical appearance, our beauty, all of those things. It's at the forefront of the majority of women's minds. I lived for so many years having my thoughts in my brain just consumed by What am I going to eat today? Am I going to lose weight today? Am I going to get fat today? How many calories is in this? When am I going to work out? Do I look okay? Do I feel okay? Do people think this of me? And that wasn't living. I was living in my own head and I wasn't actually present in my own life or in my body. And so it's very hard when everywhere you look, it's another diet ad. It's another weight loss product or clothes that will help hide part of your body Um, things that will enhance your physical appearance. For women, it's everywhere we look. We We literally live and breathe in a world where women are being told millions and millions of ways that we can change ourselves to become more palatable for society. We need to look better for society, not for ourselves and not even for our own health, but so that we're more accepted. And that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that I was sucked into that for so many years and that it took so long for me to come out of that. But it makes me very happy that I'm on the other side now and can start to, I almost picture myself like holding people's hands and just walking them out of that world and into a world of self-love, self-compassion, empathy, caring for yourself because. One of my favorite things to say is we are the main character in our lives. We are the main character. We get to decide who guest stars, who co-stars. We get to decide the scene and, you know, the outfits and the mood and the vibe and the journeys and the adventures that we get to go on. And shifting out of the wellness space um, where you're always being targeted and you kind of think that you're just living in another world to coming into your own world and taking claim as the main character. It's just such a beautiful shift to watch people go through. It's like my favorite part of being a health coach.
0: And as you're saying, like, it's an important part of it. And this is one of the questions we like to ask actually on the podcast, like based on all your experiences, what has been um, the best piece of advice that you've ever received or given someone throughout your life experiences?
1: That is such a hard question. Wow.
0: That you can take a moment festive. to think about I know, it's not always easy. Uh, I'm going to hit you with another one that's maybe a bit deeper even after, so oh God, <laughs> let I you mentally prepare.
1: There's, there's, there's a few that I could say. I think, I think when it comes to stepping into your power and really claiming your life as your own, my favorite, it's not really a quote, but it's just, you are the main character, period. Done. You're the main character. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Everyone starts to kind of live in their own brain. Um, Unfortunately, we live more so in our conscious mind, in our ego, letting ourselves run wild with thoughts, negative thoughts. Um, Typically, that's what the ego likes to do is make us feel smaller, make us feel fearful, insecure. Um, keeping us scared, but when we can sink deeper and we can quiet that ego and really claim our power as the main character, that's when we start living. So that's one of my favorite things to talk about and kind of hand over to my clients. But actually one of my clients told me something and she, she's, she's older, she's in her fifties and she's been one of the most amazing people that I've had the opportunity to work with. We've been just exchanging Energy, positive energy, and information for months now. And she told me, you know what, Emma, people are either in your life for a season, a reason, or forever. And that is something that stuck with me because I think in this world, especially being millennials, I work with a lot of Gen Zs as well. We are so caught up in People in relationships, there are so many people pleasers out there to no fault of their own, but we have all of these people pleasing tendencies and we get hung up on the social aspect of life, not the connection part of life. We more so want to fill our time with people in places that we think would serve us but don't actually serve us. You know, a lot of my clients are in college and they talk about just balancing going out and dating and all of these different things and trying to navigate whether people are a positive influence or a negative influence in their life. And so one of my favorite things to tell people is people are in your life for a season, a reason, or forever. And so when you can start to really embrace that and recognize, there are going to be people in your life who are only there for a season, right? They're in and they're out. There are people who are in your life for a reason, for good or for worse. You know, we have people come into our lives to teach us lessons, to to push us, to make us expand our consciousness and our awareness to, I don't know, maybe self-reflect a little bit more. And then, of course, we have people who are in our lives forever. We have, you know, family, friends, lovers, partners. And that, to me, is beautiful. And I think it helps people let go of the need to hold on to relationships that don't serve them anymore.
0: I think that's so needed for a lot of people to hear. I've actually never heard that. So thank you. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take that into my life because I think a lot of the time because of the Internet, too. Um, I kind of felt like my age is I fall into kind of between some people would classify me as like the end of the millennials or others would classify me as the beginning of Gen Z. It kind of depends. But I find like with the internet, you know, like we hold on to people so tight, even just people we meet on the internet. Um, and that's something I've always like tried to juggle because at one moment my mom told me, she's like, you know, when you realize that. And it goes along with this advice that you gave about being the main character. Um, everyone is their own little world, right? So everyone has, like, the same way we're all thinking all the time and maybe even feeling alone sometimes, everyone kind of goes through that. Everyone has their own little world, their own feelings, their own relationships, their own emotions um, that they're going through. So I, I that was some really good piece of advice. <laughs> I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, it's just, I don't know, when you're able to really understand how powerful our brains are, the power of thought um, and the power that our ego has to create a false reality, a reality where you feel smaller, you feel less worthy, you feel insecure, you feel annoying. Um, Your brain is really powerful and can tell you a story that makes you feel as though you're not the main character. And I think this also goes into family dynamics and relationships where I have even told my boyfriend, I was like, when I was in college, Casey, I felt like you were the main character in my life. And I was your supporting star, actor, you know, actress. Mm -hmm. I was just there to make sure that you were happy and like we were good and that, you know, my life kind of without him Making that happen, I kind of chose to do that. I made my life revolve around him, and it was very much what's he gonna do? What's he gonna think? What are we, you know, instead of claiming my own life as mine and making decisions based off of what I wanted and what I needed, not what would serve Casey best. And, you know, I think that that's part of growing up. You know, we started dating when we were 18, and it's been like I think eight or nine years now we don't keep track. We're just very much not into the anniversary (laughs) thing, but it's, we have grown so much. And he was like, you know, I don't think I realized it at the time, but looking back now, I can see very much that it was always, it was always about me. And I was like, yeah, it was always about you. And so getting to help women, especially claim their power as the main character is so important to do at a young age because we can easily be swept up in somebody else's life, whether it's our parents or our friends or our partners. And so that's why that main character thing, thing, quote, whatever we want to call it, it just, it has so many layers to it and it can really help people step into their own life and then realize how much power they have to change it and to enhance it.
0: And I think it's really just about experiences, you know? Like people learn and as you were saying, you know, you came to realize you were always the main character in that way, like that you could oh, yeah. you can make yourself the main character in your own life. Yes. So I guess the last question we'll ask you. This is was the big one I was talking about. So <laughs> totally take a moment to think about it, but okay. it's what do you want our listeners to take away from this episode?
1: Ooh, okay. I would say if there's one thing to take away from this episode, I know I didn't dive too much into what I used to be like, but I'll, I'll try and paint like a small picture. You know, I mentioned that I had an eating disorder. It was more like eating disorders. I was bulimic. Um, I had binge eating disorder. I would go back and forth, you know, starving myself and restricting. I was, you know, it's called anorexia athletica. It's when you're, almost obsessed with working out and as I was trying to heal all of those things, I became orthorexic, which is almost an obsession with anything health and wellness related. It's a fear of bad foods and bad products and those types of things. So I had at least seven or eight years of my life where my entire brain was consumed in disordered thoughts and disordered perceptions of how the world worked and what was important. Um, I wasn't really living and I look back at pictures of myself and I really try and remember what it was like and I can't. And that's how you know you're healed is when you have a hard time relating to the person you used to be. And so I was very dark. I was very judgmental, very, just such a low vibrational person. I was obviously still able to go out and have fun and be funny and connect with people. But the minute that I was left alone with my own thoughts, things would get kind of crazy, and so. For anyone who feels lost and consumed and overwhelmed inside their own head, there is a way out, and the way out is getting to know yourself outside of your ego. And, again, your ego is that false self. Um, I like to use the term um, ego like the ancient Greeks used it. Again, it's that false self that paints a picture and tries to keep you fearful. And when you can learn that and you can start to do other techniques to get to know yourself on a deeper level. Like I said, journaling and meditating, that's when things will start changing and happening. It's a very slow process. And I was able to kind of evolve into who I am now over many years. And I think a lot of people see who I used to be and who I am now, and they feel inspired by that and they want to take action but I don't want anyone to think that it's going to happen overnight. This was, it was almost like a snowball effect for me. You know, I got interested in health and wellness. Then I was interested in holistic health, then spirituality. You know, I started journaling, reading more. Then came meditation and then came, you know, all of these other steps. And so it really is like Rome was not built in a day, you know, have have faith that the process will happen organically and naturally as long as your intention is, to love yourself and nourish yourself, um, you, can, you can make it to the other side and kind of be pulled out of that toxic darkness of your own ego, which, again, is of no fault of our own. It's something that we developed because of society's standards of social media, um, you know, that entire kind of world. But there is hope and there are so many things that you can do aside from changing your diet or working out more to make yourself feel more healthy, feel vibrant um, and feel like yourself.
0: I think that's a great message to end off on. Thank you so much, Emma, for taking the time to come on this podcast. Did you want to share your socials so people can find you and connect with you?
1: Yes. Yes. I'll say thank you to you first. I'm very grateful that uh. you invited <laughs> me on Anytime that I can talk about this stuff. I just have to jump on it. Um, it's, my favorite thing in the world to be able to connect with other people who are passionate about not only health and wellness, but female entrepreneurship and just self-growth and that growth mindset. So this was really fun and a great part of my Saturday today. So thank you.
0: And of course, we're happy to have you on, honestly. And everything you've talked about has been so inspiring and enlightening. I couldn't have spent my Saturday morning in any better way, really. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Um, and so, okay my socials. I, I really just have Instagram and my website. So at Real with Emma is my Instagram handle and then RealethemaWellness dot is my website. I'm in the process of branching out into some other things like, you know, maybe giving Pinterest a go and whatnot. Um <laughs> so we'll see. But for right now it's just Instagram and my website.
0: This season, a full heart doesn't mean a full house. We're still gathering, just virtually. And we're still connecting, safely. Traditions keep us close, even when we can't be together. Think big, plan small. Let's save lives, Columbus.